Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. And fanscapes.co.uk. Made by fans for fans. Hello and welcome to A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Michael Ball, Lee McLean, and our guest this evening is John Fletcher. Ball how I wish I was talking about Everton sitting in the Europa League position. Everton 1, Aston Villa 2. Our home form just continues to to be our Achilles heel. What were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, again, um, really disappointed. Um, you can, he just had that feeling the first 10, 15 minutes that we just weren't up for it. You know, as fans, you're just hoping that the lads will try and turn his home form around and give us a good performance. You know, we get a good result away to Arsenal. Uh, like all season, we've got good results away from home against good teams and you're at Goodison Park and you're hoping for us to kick on. They're under the lights and um, yeah, we had a, a change in the lineup with Hammers injury, but you know, on paper there, there's enough quality to go and win that football game. And in the first 10 and 15 minutes, we just didn't seem to be up for the, up for the fight. Villa were more hungrier than us. They had a lot of more runners. Uh, I, we lacked sort of pride in our possession. I think that's been our Achilles heel all season. Our possession, we don't, we seem to give the ball away far too easy. And it's not just when we're under pressure. You can hold your hands up and go, okay, that was good defending, and we give the ball away for um, for the opposition putting you under pressure. But we we haven't got any any pressure on us. And you know, Gomez kicking the ball out of play a few times, wayward passes here and there. And lazy passes backwards and sideways. And when you're against a team that does that, it, it gives you the the oomph to sort of, these aren't at it. And Villa smelt that 
from us from the start. And, you know, they just looked more hungry and they were creating more opportunities. Um, they got the goal. Uh, Holgate, you know, made that mistake. And to be honest, it's quite surprising that he hasn't been caught out before. Uh, it's probably credit to Villa, knowing that that's what Holgate does. You know, he's on his wrong side and he checks back a lot. And he does pass it backwards to, to his goalkeeper. He runs five yards with the ball and then goes backwards and passes it back. And he's he's done that many a times. He's never been caught out. And he he, he got a warning early on in that game. You just think, well, hopefully he won't do that again. And Villa have done their homework and I'm sort of played on, on Mason. And you know, they got the goal. Um, and you're just thinking then, how are we going to get back in this game? And and to be fair, the only time we looked threatened was from set pieces. You know, Digney's balls when we're were dangerous and we we got we got a goal and we're, we're back in the game and then you just think like let's reset and let's get the game plan back together and let's see what we can you know what we're all about and see if we can get on and win this football game. Um but unfortunately when we get in that final third we don't seem to have a rhythm. Um if you look at the other top teams and you know they get in the final third they've got a sort of a link up play <clears throat> that's very smooth and you can see what they're trying to do. If you look at, you know, you look at Tottenham when they, when they do the Liverpool, they've got the sort of link up play, and it and it, they cause opposition problems. We get in that final third, and we don't seem to have an idea of what we're going to do, and we sort of waste our opportunities. Um, and when you're sort of on top or getting into the game, you've got to make these opportunities count and and put your opposition away. And when you don't, they get more confidence again. Um, you know, it's 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 just really, really frustrating. Um, and you see Villa, tiredness. I was hoping it could have been a Carlo ma- masterstroke at some point. That's the only t- positive thought I can get into my head. I was thinking, well, Villa's legs in midfield were overrun us. Um, one or two touches in midfield. Runners in midfield were breaking our lines far too easy. Uh, our midfielders, you know, they like to play the ball backwards and sideways and two possession, too slow. Uh, going for wonder balls, 34 40 yarders, which, yeah, it's good on the eye at times, but you, there's opportunities to make better decisions by driving 10 or 15 yards further forward and finding that through ball line. And we, at times, we, we did play some good football, but there was no end product. Um, there was no crosses getting whipped in. We were getting to the danger zones and coming back on ourselves. And then it's easy for Villa to set themselves and, and make it difficult to break down. And you know, when Villa won the ball in midfield, they just went through us far too easy. Um, the strikers causing us problems Three, even long balls over the top were causing us problems at times and it was just one of them games where we just weren't at the races at all and you're just hoping for some of experience but a leadership to try and settle us down and, and use our quality what we're good for but I just feel you know moving forward you know after the game do the guys watch a DVD or do they watch you know the opportunities that they've missed because if you look at like Richie you know he's tireless he works hard for the team and he does fantastically well, gets in the final third and he, he had a, makes the wrong touch or wrong decision and a better quality and better decision. You know, it could be a few goals ahead um, and that's the difference. I, I, I just feel and as the game went on, you know, I was just hoping that Villa would, would sort of lose a bit of steam and it'd be a Carlo Ropadope type thing that Villa's legs in midfield will start to tire. Then we'll start finding the holes that we'll be able to penetrate them and and caused them more problems. Um, and when we did at times, yeah, but majority of the time, Villa was sort of a lot compact. And then when they went forward, they were more dangerous. Um, the Pickford, you know, he, 
was he was great the first half, keeping us into the game. But really, you've got to look at our forward play. That's what's let us down at home. Um, not creating enough opportunities. The first half, I think Villa had ten chances. We had two on target. Mm. Um, you know, and at home, it's it that's very disappointing. Um, it's just again another one of them games where we played lower opposition. We feel that because we got the blue shirt on, we just need to turn up and our classes show through. You've got to do the hard work. You've got to do the hard yards. I've said it numerous and numerous times on this podcast and in the echo that you've got to earn the right to win football games in the Premier League. There's no easy games. And it's just, I think, though, the, the, the lack of quality, it, it did cost us in, in that final third. And it's great to see DCL, you know, get his 20th goal. And, but you just want to win football games and the amount of opportunities that we create for him or for other people around it's not enough especially at home um, I, I, and the players there have got given another opportunity that it's another chance blown for their future at the football club um, you know Roby's come in yeah it's, it's a last minute change but show a bit of hunger show a bit of anger to show the manager look I want to be starting you know Bernard comes on and it, now it's difficult as players have been there Having a few, you know a few minutes here and there, it's difficult to sort of show everybody what you've what you've got. But how many opportunities these players going to have and fail? You know, King came on, got his opportunity, had a shot, and he missed the target. It's the lack of quality. And if we want to start pushing up, we've got to be realistic that these squad of players probably aren't going to be good enough to where we want to be. You know, Carlos getting them. You hope he's getting the most out of these players. A lot of these players are, are not his own. He's inherited a lot of them. And we, we've had a sort of up and down, fantastic highs with this squad and <laughs> really bad lows as well. And tonight was one of them. Um, and it looks like our season's probably over now. But look, we've just got to... It is what it is. And the, these players now, there's no excuses. There's no knocking on doors going, well, I should be playing a football game because they've had these, these, these opportunities so many times this season and, the, and they've failed. Um and just as a fan, it's just really disappointing. As I said at the start of the podcast, that you, you get a, a win that we probably weren't expecting against Arsenal. And we've done that all season. And then we just go and throw it away at home. And the teams that we've lost lost to at home, it's, it's quite embarrassing, really. You know, all in big away wins is probably papered over the cracks of really what our problem is in the squad right now. Lee, before we talk about the game, and uh, you know, there's so much to talk about this evening. You know, that's our eighth defeat at home this year. And, and we've only won one at home since Christmas. It's really poor, isn't it? It really poor is being kind, Mick. Um, I'm absolutely livid here. Um, nothing is changing. We, I just sound like a broken record. I can call upon countless numbers of these podcasts where I've come on and said the same thing. You know, I hope we're not going to let ourselves down again, but we do. There was an air of inevitability about that this evening. As soon as James was announced just before kickoff that he wasn't going to play, we, I messaged on the group chat to say, we're not winning this. You know, we're, we're literally becoming James Rodriguez FC. If he's not playing and not firing, we're just we're not very good, unfortunately. Um, and there's too many players in that side who are just woefully substandard. Um, Villa were better in absolutely every department on the pitch. Um, we, had a, we, had, we had a good laugh at that the Reds getting beat 7-2 earlier in the season. That could easily have been 7-2 this evening. We were battered. Jordan Pickford kept us in the in the game um, in the first half for, for long periods. 
So I think if we'd have got out of that with 1-1, we'd have been incredibly lucky. Villa would have been very unlucky not to win that game. Um, just disgraceful. Like Again, another missed opportunity. Um, didn't look like they wanted it. There's no fight. Um, body language, I look at them. They don't look like they care enough. I know these are all big shouts, but it's, it's what I'm seeing. Mason Holgate, you know, he's, he's arrogant, but he can't back it up. He's not good enough to be, to be that arrogant. Again, that's three, arguably three, when you look at the Tottenham game, direct mistakes leading to three out of the last four goals we've conceded at home from him. Very, very strange decision to start him today. Don't know why that happened. When you've got Keane Amina on the bench, very, very strange one. Bringing Delphon, what the hell was that all about? No idea. Doesn't offer nothing. Um, just a, another truly abysmal, depressing home performance from Everton, and I'm absolutely sick to death of it. Season over, but make no mistake, season season's finished. John, let us talk about the game. I mean, Hammers obviously got injured in warm up, and it was obviously a massive blow. And Alex Awobi got yet another chance, which he you know he, he failed to take. But we didn't start very well, did we? And, and it just shown, didn't it, when Mason Holgate, not once did he make that mistake. He made it twice and he was punished the second time. It's just, as Lee said, it's coming back week on week. I'm saying the same thing over and over again. I think we start well, little patches here, there, everywhere. But in general, it's just not good enough. You can't give any team, what, no matter what level you play at, what do they have? Five, six clear opportunities? No, not half decent. No, let's be honest, they should have been three or four ahead of us. And lucky enough, Pickford was superb today and kept us in the game. We went in 1 1. And second half, he thought we would have come out a bit stronger, carries on. But no, it was a bit all slow, all quite predictable. Nothing really happening. And yeah, it's ultimately someone's going to prove this squad is just not good enough. The midfield, I know a lot on social media crying out for a right back, but for me, that midfield needs to change. It's just horrendous to watch, to see. Ball he touched on it with the possession wise, lazy possession. You know, players are playing simple five yard balls and they're not even reaching the man. And all the playing the 30, 40 yard balls, which are no good either. And you're sitting there just tearing your head out, tearing your hair out, thinking, what am I watching? What What's going on? It's going to be a massive job in the summer. We need more need people, players to be more dynamic. You know, we'll all be again, you would have thought. Here's your chance, last chance loon. Again, typical. He does little flashes, but in general, Anonymous King as a goal, but in general, not good enough. No, you probably go through the whole team, couldn't you? Just it's just very frustrating to watch and to go on. And hopefully, the summer brands and Ancelotti have got a plan together so we can kick on because we have put some half decent performance. I say I don't think we've had a convincing 90 minutes, but there's signs that there's something to work on. But with current squads, ultimately we will fall short. And by the looks of it, we are going to fall short this season, which we shouldn't have done because we put ourselves in good positions. But time and time again, each 
we well our own basically we failed we failed to capitalize we failed to put pressure on other teams and we're letting teams off the hook far too easy too often Bully, you know at half time it was 1-1 and you thought you know what we've gone in we're level but it could have been 4 or 5 one to villa couldn't it at half time yeah <laughs> yeah it could and that's what i was hoping for um and I was just hoping at the end of the game it would have been a masterclass Carlo Ancelotti rope dope type performance where they'd sort of run out of steam. But surely at half time the guys would have been shocked that they've gone in at 1 1 and thought, right, lads, wake up. Let's wake up. Let's get at them. And I think they probably did the first five minutes, uh, five, ten minutes of the, of the second half. We were looked like the better team for the bit. But then we just reverted back to our old ways again. And it's sort of like we've we've had a go, it didn't work, and now we've ran out of ideas. Um, as Lee touched on, the, the, you know, Gomez, you know, he, he does some fantastic things in, in strange areas, and then he does the simple things all wrong. Um, and yet, while he was having a difficult game, you know, Delph comes on. You've got Delph, obviously a Villa boy. You've got Barkley and Everton boy on opposite sides, and you just you know, come on and prove a point that you know. That's why you've moved on from your, your boyhood club, and you you want to stick it at them really and have a, and have a good go. But he come on the pitch and have passed it backwards and sideways. It was the same, same. There was no change. It was just the the the, the game plan stayed exactly the same, but different personnel. And I, I don't, I'm really struggling to find out what actually our game plan is. What type of team are we? Are we trying to play through the lines? We're not good enough at it because we. We, we always sort of lose the ball far too easily. We, we're probably better going long ball, but people don't want to watch it. We don't use our assets strong enough. And as Lee touched on, you know, when Hammers is, is on the pitch, people seem to wake up a bit more because they want to be involved. If, if Rodriguez gets the ball, you see more movement because you know he's got the quality to find you. When it goes to Iwobi or other players, there's that lack of movement up front. There's no dynamic whatsoever. And you know, Villa does seem more up for it. You know, they just had runners and thought, well, we're going to have a good go. Our back four is going to stay solid. And if we get the ball in midfield, we'll do a couple of one-twos or drive drive through the lines and, and see if we can create an opportunity. We never had that hunger. We were sort of hoping and, and waiting for an opportunity or a mistake. And the only time we looked sort of threatened was from set pieces. And you just, you question the squad and you question, you don't really want to be questioning Carlo Ancelotti. At the end of the day, I think probably it's only Alan and, Alan and Godfrey of, of his signings, you know, who, who obviously took us to a higher level. Um, but the rest of the boys need to wake up a little bit, you know, and it and it's not good enough, these performances. You can't not go through a 90 minutes football game just playing well for five, 10 minutes and sort of you know, rest on your laurels. You've got to keep going and going until the game's over. And we don't seem to have that hunger. We've got that lack of, that hurt. I, I don't feel we, there's no, when we draw games or we lose goals, I don't see any complaining. I don't see whose fault was that. Or even in the second half, Villa had a few opportunities and we defended pretty well, but them scenarios should not happen. Stop the cross. How many times have I said it in this podcast? Stop the crosses. You know, we're winning the ball in the six-yard box and you know, this season Michael Keane's won numerous headers in the six-yard box, but stop the ball going there in the first place. Do your job. We're not doing our basics. And that's really frustrating. What For me, watching it, it really it annoys me watching it. But if I was on that pitch, I'd be going off my head. You'd, you'd be screaming at your teammate going, block the line. 
you know, stop making it easy for the opposition. We keep on, we, we don't close down as a team. We seem to go on ones and twos. You see Sigerson sort of trying to do the right thing, but then he's two yards too late. And then the gap opens up be, behind him. And it's difficult then for Gomez and Allen to sort of get close to their man because Villa have got that, that spare man. And you just think, well, surely someone should spot this. Either sit back, keep tight, and let's play a different way of football because the way we're playing is not working. It's play. You know, as um, as John said, in parts, it looks great. But where's your end product? How many crosses did Awobi put in? I can't remember. Can't rem- you know, how many? That's his job. Get down the line. Beat your fullback. I can't remember. Did he beat his fullback once today? And he's got an opportunity there where he knows he's, he's got his hammers there. Um, and he wants to play in his, his favourite position, whatever that is. I do not know. But when you get an opportunity of Carlo Ancelotti, Go and do your basics, right? And do it to the best of your ability. He's sort of, I think, more worried about defending than he is attacking. But when he, he had opportunities, 1v1. And I can't remember putting a cross in. And that's his job. And it's from both sides. Ben are coming. Get your crosses in. Strikers shoot. Your midfielders create opportunities for your forward players. And that's that's just the basics of football. And we just seem to take the easy option out and go, and, well, I've got the ball. I don't want to have any responsibility. I'm going to pass it on to my teammates and see what he can do. And that's what I see for not just this season, for a numerous of seasons now, with these, these types of players where they're not taking responsibility. They're not having pride in their own performance. Yes, you can get beat, but leave everything on the field. Come off hurt. Come off like you're disappointed. It just feels like, oh, it's happened again. Sugar the shoulders. And that's not if we want to start challenging for European places and being realistic about it and, and pushing the amount of money we've got behind us in the future. That's the type of mentality you need to have. And it's leadership and it's desire. And if we're lacking in all them departments. And it, it, again, it's just really frustrating. And you feel like you're, you're waffling on and saying the same things, but you just sort of they leave the door open for you. You get the great result and you think, right, we're back in it. We're back in it now. You know, we've, we've been given an opportunity to finish the season on a high and then you just go and throw it all away again. Lee, you know, what just Borley just said there, you know, we were 1-1 at half time. Were you then maybe a little bit surprised to see it was the same, pretty much the same formation, the same style in the second half and maybe not mix it up a bit and try something different? Yeah, Borley's bang on. Um, I was absolutely flabbergasted. Um, I sort of went off at half-time, obviously terrible first-half performance, did a few bits and bobs and came back fully expecting to see, you know, the sub standing on the on the halfway line ready to come on. And I just couldn't believe it, that he'd stuck with that system and, and personnel that just clearly wasn't working in the first half. Um, the players on the pitch, you know, <laughs> I don't know why, why did they warrant another 15, 20 minutes in the second half. They didn't. You know, you put look at Alex Iwobi, look at Gomez, you know, absolutely appalling. Holgate at the back, you know, another individual error. We've got players on the bench there. You have to change it. And, and regardless of individual performances, as, as a collective, there's just no flow to our play. There's no pattern to it. You, you don't look at it and think, I, I know what we're trying to do because it, it's hard to work out what we're trying to do. It's slow. It's pedestrian. The players the, on, in possession are really, really poor. Like the first touch is, is, is always off. Um, they don't pick the right pass. They don't time the passes correctly. Um, there's no overlap. There's just nothing. And 
we, we've said this before, we're just incredibly easy to defend against. Um, you know, we, we scored from a corner. You know, it was a good, good header from, from Calvert-Lewin there. But apart from that, you know, the odd chance here and there. But overall, we were second best, like clearly second best to a, to a side. Don't forget that we've met, we had nothing to play for. Sat on 47 points in 11th. They're out of any sort of race for Europe. They're clear of relegation, but we still couldn't out-battle them and out-fight them and find a way again. And Mick, you've said this to me off here, and you're absolutely spot on. You can't not look at the manager a little bit and the coaching staff because that home record that you alluded to earlier, one win since Christmas, that's like, that's not just like a poor run. That's half a season with one win. And that that's like incredibly worrying. And the fact that he's not been able to change it and he's not been able to arrest this slide and, and, and this slump at home. It, I'm sure you'll tell me, but I'm, I'm not the stats man on this podcast. You know, that that's for other people to do, but I'm sure you'll probably tell me a stat about this being one of the, one of, if not the worst home campaign in, in our Premier League history. I don't know if, if I'd be right in saying that. I'm well, I'll, sure. I'll just stop you there. It is actually, it's, it's our most yeah. defeats since the Premier League has started. It's three yeah. home wins since October. Well, there you go. And and if you and if you look back at some of the some of the teams we've had in that in that space, you know that that's quite a telling statistic, isn't it? And so, yeah, we all love Ancelotti, and you, you feel like you, you're walking on eggshells sometimes with what you say. But at the end of the day, we've made a commitment to come on this podcast and say how we feel and not and not and, and sort of be real, sort of thing. You some of the blame has to lie at Ancelotti's door because he hasn't got it right a lot of the time. You know, and I think not changing at a half time was wrong. I think starting Holgate full stop, arguably Gomez as well, was was wrong. Um and the fact that he's not been able to to change this losing streak at home and find a different way to go about things and a formula to win, that's a little bit worrying as well. Um now I'm sure he'll get it right and and you know I'm confident that he that he will turn this around, but for now. We're staring in the face of an abysmal home record, and ultimately, that's what's cost us, and that's what's going to mean that we're going to end this season without your European football. And if you'd have told us that four games in last week, last month, you know, you'd have thought, no, that's not going to happen. Um, but we've shot ourselves in the foot just that once too many times now, and it's just it's galling, Mick, isn't it? It's it's horror. It's a horrible feeling as a blue tonight. John, do you, do you share the same feelings as Lee? Do you think maybe Carlo Ancelotti has to do better? Um, yeah, he has to. You know, if you look the home and away form, it suggests we play on the black the, the back foot and we're here to counter attack teams. But when you're at home, you're expected to play on the front foot, and it's a typical smash and grab, which suggests you know all season is what we're we're here for. We need to do. We can't play like that all season because teams work it out. And I know we've been worked out. You know, it's Lisa that's the same. Yeah, you've got a question, Ancelotti, but in the same sense, I don't want to defend him too much. But I looked at the bench tonight and I was going through social media. There wasn't much options to change it up, you know. There's been odds, you know, questions. There's been, you know, when there was the rumours of him going, yeah, let's sell him, you know, 
there's literally no one we can bring on to change it. Plan A doesn't work. We're basically snookered, aren't we? There's nothing to get us going. So hopefully we can the summer I keep I try and keep put a positive spin on things. Hopefully the summer we can bring on more creative players and be more dynamic because we certainly need because we can't just keep Leslie struggling to defeat at home and then hoping to rescue it away because it won't happen because you know teams will improve, teams will work all tactics out and we'll be the bottom half, mid-table again, spending God knows millions. And then obviously your better players will think, well, I, I can play at a better, higher level. And you'll go and then you're, you're starting again and again. And we, we can't keep doing that. We, we've actually got to improve and show it on the pitch, not just spending millions each summer or January window. Paulie, I, I agree. I, you know, we... Look, there's got to be changes this summer, but Leeds, Villa, West Ham, Fulham, Newcastle and Burnley. We haven't won any of those games. And in fact, we've only scored two goals in those six games. Nobody can tell me that this current squad isn't good enough to at least win a few of them. So, so where do you think the problem is, Borley? Do you think it's it's Carlo Ancelotti's tactics? The players not getting up for certain games? Where do you sit with this? I think it's a mixture of both. <clears throat> if you look at our, our main results, our big results that we've been buzzing about this season, I've been away from home against teams who normally have a lot of possession. And we've sat back, we defend well, um, we keep it tight at the back, and then we only created you know a couple of opportunities and we've put it in the onion net. Um and that's how our season sort of started. And we rolled with it. And we were just hoping for our performances to go a little bit higher, a little bit easier on the eye. And you're just thinking, you know, we've got a good set of team here. We've got a good squad. You know, we're getting the results and we're not playing that well. Um, <clears throat> and against good sides. But unfortunately, um, maybe tactics, but I think the players' mentality when you're playing the teams at Goodison, um, we've always said for years, it's supposed to be a difficult place to go. But it's not when you get when no one's putting you under pressure. You know, you as an opposition player at Goodison, it, it should be difficult and you should be nervy getting the ball because you feel that you're going to be under pressure straight away. But we don't, we let teams settle. We let we let teams settle into that their game plan. And you know, tonight, the first 10, 15 minutes, it was just all villa. Um, it, was, it was second best all over the pitch. And you're just thinking it's supposed to be the other way around. At home, the first 10 or 15 minutes, you you don't play nice football. You just put it in their half. You keep them as deep as possible. And then as the game settles and stretches out, you find your spaces and you, you have the quality and you're hoping the Sigerson's will find opportunities to, for your forward players. And as I said earlier, that's what happened at the start of the season. We, we, we were very difficult to beat, sitting back tight and a bit ugly to watch. And But you had James Rodriguez on the pitch. You could come and create something out of nothing. DCL has one chance, two chances a game, and he puts it in the net, and we, we come away with three points against these teams who don't have the possession. We seem to struggle, and we seem to pass the book a lot. We we've got no one in, in leadership in that team that goes, "Well, I'm going to get the ball, I'm going to drive it forward." Um, I remember Snyderman coming to us. He come from Man United. He got the ball in midfield, 
and he drove the ball. He ran with the ball for 10 yards. And I was like, wow, I haven't seen anyone do that in our midfield for a while. And then seven, eight games later, he stopped doing it and started passing it backwards and sideways. It's happened now, um, not with Alan, but um, that too many of our midfielders. Delft's come in, he's passing it backwards and sideways. Gomez has come in. And when he came, look, he was head and shoulders. I thought the best player I've seen for a while in a blue shirt. Obviously, he's had his injury. But he got the ball and he drove forward five or ten yards. He took responsibility. He wanted to prove a point why he's been signed. And he's showing the fans, you know, why he's, you know, he's here. We spent that much money on him. But now they're here, they're settled. They didn't seem to have that hunger. They're just taking the easy option by going, I've got the ball. I'm either going to pass it five yards backwards or sideways or try and ping it 30, 40 yards. And I pass the book to someone else, see if they can create something. That's not good enough. You know, you you might get away with it one or two games a season and you think, well, it worked once. But the game goes on. The, the season's a very long season. You've got to do it week in and week out. And yeah, we all love to be like Manchester City and have that strength and depth. And we're not. But you've got to find a game plan that works and suits us. And we've had a difficult season with so many of our key players being out and with injuries and suspensions. And there's a lot of excuses you can go by. But as I said at the start of the podcast, the, the players on that pitch today, quality-wise, if the mentality rate was had a, a lot more to give than what they showed tonight. And that's what we don't like as Evertonians, is it just didn't seem they left everything on the pitch. We just thought they, they felt they were too good for them and they're going to get an opportunity at, at some point in the game and they're going to win the game. And that doesn't happen. You don't get any givens in the Premier League anymore. Um, and it's just... <laughs> Going forward, as the, as the lads were saying in the summer, you could you could throw your, your toys at the pram and go like, we need a an overhaul everywhere. And yeah, you'd probably like to see that, but realistically, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, the players that we've got on our books over the last two or three years, we have struggled to sell them. We've struggled to get them off the books, like the Bessages and the Tucsons and like say Will Cots and etc. We want to go again and go to the higher level, but who's going to take these players who are squad players? You know, a lot of these players we've got are probably squad players in, or put, couldn't even be squad players in the top six of the teams above us. So that's where we are realistically. Just not, who in the top six would look at our squad and go, I'm going to buy him? There's, there's not many. And we've, we've got to try and be very clever in the market. Everybody's got money nowadays. Trust us to have money when the whole half of the league have money. Um, you know, not like the Blackburn days, there's only a couple of teams and you end up buying the league. We'd love to have that, you know, that, that opportunity. But now we, we've got to be very clever. And it's, it's a mixture of both. Where Marcel Brands has got to prove his power and his pull to bring these players into the club. That's what he's been brought in to do. But also with Carlo's pull to bring these ready-made players that who Carlo wants to make us a difference. That walk into that 11 and sets the standard higher. We've seen it this season when we've had a full-strength squad. We've seen the levels that these players that we brought in the summer have done. And we need to go again by at least two or three new signings. Whether we can do that or not um, is another question, but it's going to be a busy, busy summer, I feel, for Marcel Branza and the, the recruitment staff to get players out of this football club to, to save a bit of pennies on wages and um, and transfer fees. Could be, be one, be, how many Rodriguez do we'd like to, to see at the football club? And again, you know, what the how good he is and watching him is, is just a joy to watch. It's just frustrating that we're not seeing enough of him and we're not going to be able to rely on Rodriguez next season. So when he's not playing, who's going to be in his position? 
are we going to rely on a Ruby again? Or are we going to rely on somebody else coming through for the new system? Or have we got someone in the pipeline? Um, fingers crossed they've got that sorted. But our job now, and Carlo's job and the player's job, um, is to finish the season as, as positive and high as possible. Um, that's a letdown. Uh, I give them credit last last week after the Arsenal result because of the different the difficult results they had previous where the draws felt like a defeat and they bounced back and they got a scruffy win against Arsenal. But who cares? It's three points against the big team and let's bounce on. And, and now it's being knocked back down again, two pegs, one step forward, two steps back. And the lads have got to pick themselves up again uh, against West Ham. They were, they were doing well. Good, good squad, good, obviously good manager, getting the best out of them. And it's it'd be a good sort of gauge to see where we are um, as a team because they're going to be in and around us probably next season. Everyone in and around us are going to spend money. Uh, everyone's going to try and improve. Everyone feels they've had a difficult season. Everyone's blaming COVID. We've all got the same excuses. Um, so, yeah, going forward next season, yeah, you, you like to be positive. You hope that we'll see some top quality come to the football club, but you, you're fighting against teams above us who have got maybe European spots that's incentive to for players to walk into that clubs and the European places and in Spain and Italy. So you're fighting a up, uphill battle. And to do that, it, it does cost you money to entice the players, unfortunately. Mm. Lee, just touching on what Borley just said there about Villa, that, you know, they came to Goodison today. And let's be fair, they weren't on good form. They'd won one in eight uh, before playing Everton tonight. You know, but they came to Goodison with a high tempo. They were direct. They were pacey. And let's be honest, they were everything Everton aren't. And considering Aston Villa got nothing to play for, that's what makes it, you know, real gutting, doesn't it, to see a team who could have been on the beach, but they weren't. And they took the game to Everton, really. Yeah, you did. And, and you just, well, I certainly did anyway. I had a feeling it was going to work that way before the game. Um, was so, I, let me just correct myself there. As soon as I found out James Rodriguez wasn't playing, it just felt like a, a like a proper balloon had been burst in terms of the optimism I had for the game, um, and it's just it, it's indicative of just how much we've relied upon him and how much we rely on him. On him and, but we can't because we've had conversations in the past about he's a wonderful player, but we're only ever going to get uh, realistically twenty five games a season out of him. So for those other 15, 20 games, when you factor in all competitions, you've got to find a way. You've got to have some sort of Back up and Bowley's right. He's and, and it, it's great to listen to Bowley, by the way. A player who's been there and done it at the highest level and can articulate, you know, what happens on the pitch in the, in the way he does. As, as a fan, sometimes you, you get a little bit blinkers and you think, oh, we're Everton and on paper, the team looks better than Aston Villa. We should just be blowing these away. Clearly, we've said that on a number of occasions before so many home games, and it, it, it's not worked out that way. So Clearly, the problems are more deep rooted than us fans are, you know, are thinking straight off the bat. So, it's a massive summer ahead. Like, you know, Paulie said again, there it's such a competitive market. You know, there's probably half a dozen teams vying for every player who's who's available. Um, everyone's going to want to uh, look to improve the squads in different positions. So, it's going to be really tough, and you're just going to hope that you can trust the team that we've got in place to sell the club and the ambition and where we want to be um, in a way that you know fends off 
the opposition and and you know the the competition we've got for certain players because you worry we certainly don't want to be going into next season with this squad or with without the right additions we're going to need if you look we got three or four this season and when they've all played he's right we, we've we've looked better but obviously that's not happened for more than I think it, it is only six six games across uh, 33 games so far. So it's absolutely vital that we get at least another three, four, five really sensibly thought out additions, not just throwing money at it like we've done in the past. You know, are they the right personality? Have they got the right attitudes and commitments? Are they winners? That That's what we want to bring into the football club. Um have they got pace? Obviously, pace is, is vital in the Premier in the Premier League these days, and we've got a chronic shortage of it. So, I think one of the the the, the top top of the list for for the the players that we're going to be targeting in the summer has got to be pace, athleticism, the ability to get around the pitch, to break the lines. Um, so, yeah, it's it's the biggest in terms of where we are now. We're at a little bit of a crossroads. We don't seem we seem to be treading water a little bit. It's the biggest transfer window I can certainly remember because it's either going to be this project is just doomed to fail and we're never going to get off the ground or we can sort of bridge this gap that we've got. Um, and, and when I talk about the gap, I mean the ability to, to see these games through, these games that we, in brackets, should be winning. Um, it's all it's all going to hinge on this on this transfer window coming up. So... Let's just hope it happens because bloody hell, mate, I, I can't cope with another season like this because um, it's just up and down, up and down, up and down and we've been left down, unfortunately. Um, and we just seem like we've missed a, a, a huge opportunity, which is uh, the Everton way, I'm afraid. John, Everton have got five games left this season. You know, Is our season done or is there still a glimmer of hope for Europa League? Yeah, I think there's still a glimmer of hope. But it's it's hard to see that glimmer up after tonight, isn't it? You know, Bully talked about Zars and we got a, a scruffy win, but it doesn't matter. We got the three points, we're back in it, you know. Europa League, you know, there's a, a glimmer of hope for Champions League, but tonight, you know, we're back down and the drums thinking that's it, it's game over. No one ever and we'll win next week. The results will go our our way again and the podcast will go, yeah, back in back Europa con- contention. I mean, the issue is you can't keep throwing away chances. It's, it's we are in the crossroads. We're in a, between a rock and a hard place at the minute, and hopefully, with Ancelotti in charge, we we have that draw for those players like Rodriguez, who's out of favour. Who's we all can claim so he's a very talented footballer. We've been linked with Casino, another player who's very good, who served us to the clans. These sorts of players who we can. Attacked who you could class as failed at Barcelona or the Real Madrid. I mean, we can entice those players to Ancelotti and hopefully kick us on. So we're not repeating ourselves, we're not failing. You know, we are beating the likes of Aston Villas, who on paper we should be beating, but you know, it all hinges on the summer and what we can do. But I still think Europa's a a chance because every I'm sure every team feels the same. We should have won X, Y, and Z, and the haven't. But as I said, and Lee said, and Bobby said, you can't keep, keep missing and expect results. Your ultimate aim is Europe. I'm clinging on. 
because I'm always optimistic. You have to be as an Evertonian. Tonight it's hard, it's really hard to see Europe at the minute, but I like to think, yeah, but as I say, it's really hard after tonight. It's, it is really good. Bully, just a quick one. I just want to give a special mention for Jordan Pickford. I, you know, first half especially, he was absolutely, absolutely outstanding. And I think he's probably one of the only few Everton players who can walk off that pitch with his head, with his head held high tonight, isn't he? Yeah, it, it is. Um, but quite early on, I thought it was uh, Jordan of old. <laughs> the first couple of minutes, he was out of his box. He got caught out a few times. And I thought, oh no, here we go again. Um, but he, the saves he made in that first half stopped us getting embarrassed. Um, that's a couple of performances back-to-back now that Jordan's done. Uh, I thought last week's performance, I thought, was fantastic from him. Very quiet. Um, did his job. When called upon to save us, he did his job. And again tonight, um, especially in that first half, the three or four saves that he made, you know, stops the lads walking off that pitch and barrister in the first half. Um, and he's a front of the England manager and he's, he's proven why he's England's number one. And look, it's it's difficult being England's number one or be, being in the England fold and the pressure that that brings. And then when you do make a mistake, you know, us as fans, you know, you, you do. You, that's it's, it's an automatic reaction. You, you, you do go a little bit of stick here and there because you feel that, you know, he's not learning from his, his past mistakes, but his last couple of performances have been fantastic. And you've got to you've got to remember, he's still a young boy. Um, and the amount of stick I, I feel he got, obviously after that derby game, not just locally but nationally from the media. You know, it was hard for it would be hard for anybody to take that amount of criticism of of what happened and the overhype of everything. And he showed his maturity, which he's probably we feel he probably lacked, and he's bounced back from that. Um, and he's walked off that pitch. Yeah, he'd be disappointed. He's, he's let two goals in, but in front of the manager in that first half, he, he kept Everton uh, in the game and he's showing the performances of why he's England's number one. It's great to see him back to uh, back to the form, back to where we want him to be as a as as a Everton's number one. And hopefully he can continue that for now to the end of the season and, and give him that confidence boost to, to start next season as a fresh and, and wipe the season off. Bully, Lee, John, thanks for joining us as always. Unfortunately, Everton's home form continues. It's Everton 1, Aston Villa 2. Our season is literally still there by the skin of our teeth. In the meantime, don't think about Everton because we are certainly not going to think about Everton and we'll think about Everton later <laughs> on next week. In the meantime, stay safe, enjoy the weather if it's nice, go to the beer gardens and all the very best. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.